I think it's really this, lead with compassion. And that starts with yourself. And that's why I have in my office, as Peter can see, and those of you, if you hear this, you won't see it, so I'll paint the visual for you. Every day in my, in my office, I have a sign that says, yes and you. Because I think we are taught as improvisers to yes and other people. We're gonna show up and yes and other people, make your partner look good. These are very important concepts, there's no question. But Peter, to answer your question, I think it starts with us. When we have compassion and empathy for ourselves, we're gonna radiate that outward to other people. Welcome to Change Your Mindset Podcast, where it's all about believing in and executing on different and innovative ways to strengthen both your leadership and communication skills to help increase your success, and especially in today's disruptive business environment. One of the most effective ways of building stronger leadership and communication skills is by embracing the principles of improvisation. (laughs) Yes, that's right, improv. Your host, Peter Margaritas, is an improv virtuoso. He's also a certified speaking professional and a CPA, also known as the Accidental Accountant. Each episode of Change Your Mindset is designed to bring you different and innovative ideas, thoughts, and behavioral changes on a variety of differing topics, with the sole purpose of strengthening your critical soft skills. We may call them soft skills, but they are the hardest to master. And when we do, greater success and growth is the result. So jump in and start changing your mindset now. Let's start the show. Welcome to Season 5 of Change Your Mindset Podcast. I hope everyone had a wonderful holiday season and is ready to take on 2022. It has to be better than 2021 and 2020. The December break was wonderful and gave me time to reflect and implement changes to the show. The major change is that episodes will be kept to under 30 minutes each. There will be some additional changes incorporated in the first quarter of 2022. With that said, now let's get to work. Today, my guest is Kathy Colt Guest, who is a speaker, author, comedian, and founder of Keeping It Human. Kathy started keeping it human after 15 years leading tech marketing and communications. Her mission is to help leaders, teams, and companies use improv and humor principles to be happier, healthier, and more creative, all the while having more fun. Kathy has worked for global brands such as Amazon, Dow Jones, and Deloitte, and has spoken internationally on company and conference stages, including South by Southwest, Inbound, and coming soon, TEDx Salon. Kathy studied and performed improv at Comedy Sports and Sketch at The Second City LA. Kathy still performs and teaches improv and stand-up. Kathy is a graduate of both Stanford University and UC Berkeley with an MBA and a Master's of Arts. Kathy is working on her third book and still barely makes her teen kids laugh. (laughs) So before we get to the interview, just a couple of housekeeping items. Off script, Mastering the Art of Business Improv is available for purchase on Amazon in paperback and in Kindle form. If you would like to learn more about the book or better yet, order a copy, go to offscriptimprov.com. That's offscriptimprov.com. And you can learn more about the book or just click the click to order button. You'll be taken right to Amazon. 
Now, if you'd like to buy 10 or more books for your team, please contact me so I can offer you a bulk discount. And you can reach me through my email at peter at petermargaritas.com. Now, remember to subscribe to this podcast and share this podcast episode with a friend. I would greatly appreciate if you'd leave a quick review of the show wherever you download your podcast from. And also, please visit my YouTube channel, The Accidental Accountant, where you can see previous podcast video episodes along with this one in the coming weeks. And while you're there, just hit the subscribe button so you won't miss any updates. And in full transparency, part of my December goal is to get caught up with posting all of those backlog videos from 2021. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. This episode is sponsored by Peter A. Margaritas, LLC, also known as The Accidental Accountant. Are you looking for a speaker that can bring powerful content, virtually or in person or on-site, that is memorable and engaging in a way that motivates and inspires your audience? Instead of data dumping and numbing with numbers, imagine your people and teams delivering a financial story to your stakeholders. A story that creates engaging and relationship-building business conversations. Would you be interested in learning more about how that is accomplished? How would you feel if the value your facilitator provided your organization far exceeded the dollar amount on their invoice? Peter Margaritas, CPA and Certified Speaking Professional, delivers all of the above and much, much more. All of Peter's programs can be done virtually, in-person and on-site at your location, or at an off-site venue. Send Peter a note at peter at petermargaritas.com and or visit his website at www.petermargaritas.com to learn more about what Peter can bring to your next conference, management retreat, or workshop. Now, let's get to the interview with Kathy. Hey, welcome back, everybody, um, to a brand new year. Happy New Year to everyone. And man, my guest, I'm excited today. I, this was the first time we've met. We were introduced by a very good friend. Uh, you may have heard me speak of him, you know, the improv coach of all time, the Mr. Improv himself, Jay Suko. And Kathy, thank you so very much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be on my podcast. Oh my God, of course. Happy to be here. <laughs> so <laughs> Kathy, we're going to just jump out of the gate and go strong. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the, the one big question I want to start this interview off with is, what is the biggest challenge organizations have today? I think everything stems from fear and uncertainty. Everything else is a manifestation. You know, change, um, you know, ambiguity, uh, unlearning. All of that comes from uncertainty and, and fear. Expand on uncertainty and fear. I have an idea, I think, what you're speaking about. But yeah. yeah. I think, you know, COVID's just such a big example of it. There's smaller versions that mm-hmm. we, we talk about stakes and raising the stakes. And I think you can't find a bigger example of tremendous stakes than COVID. And I think what happens in, in times of great uncertainty, fear, fear takes over and it can keep people from moving forward. It can keep people stuck. It keeps people in old patterns that have to be unlearned. And I think leadership 
looked a certain way for many, many years, and that's not the way forward. So I think that these, these patterns of the way we used to do things might have worked in a prior time. And I think where we're at in ambiguity and uncertainty and all these different things can keep people from embracing a different way to move forward. So I, I really think that not having all the answers is typical leadership. It's just, I think leaders thought that they had to have the answers or fake that they knew the answers or pretend to their people that they had the answers. And everybody, all the people were like, yeah, we already knew you didn't have all the answers. We know that, we know you're human. We didn't need you to tell us. They just want you to admit it. <laughs> oh, we're talking about the ego, are we? And humility and yes, all of that stuff. And, and, and I think a lot of it goes to the culture of the organization as well. What type of, what type of culture have we created? I mean, you talk about fear and ambiguity and uncertainty, but leaders should be communicating to help them with the uncertainty, to help them become, you know, to get them part of the organization, moving in that same direction. Yeah. But it goes to change. I mean, this is a very complex piece, yeah. but, but you're right there with it. How do you, how do you get people not to fear things? I think this mindset shift has to happen. I think when we reframe leadership and we reframe collaboration, we suddenly realize we don't have to have all the answers. We're not gonna have all the answers. We're not expected to have all the answers. And so much of it can't be the answers. We plan and then we let go when we need to. And that is that improvisational mindset that I know that you and I and so many and Jay and all of our friends subscribe to. It is understanding that yes, you plan and sometimes you have to let go. And it's teaching people that it'll be okay. It will be okay, you know, when we let go. It doesn't mean you're weak, doesn't mean you're, you know, vulnerable's bad. And I think there's these old models of, of leadership out there that, you know, are just very, very entrenched in a lot of organizations. Very, very archaic. And, and, yeah. and I think also leaders create some of that fear. You, oh, wow. you, you even talk about it. Um, can, you tell, can you tell our listeners, uh, when you talk about the shut up signals that leaders give their team, I, I read that and I went, God, I love, love the way you framed that. Yeah, well, and to be fair, I can't remember the woman's talk. I just want to be very um, uh, direct. There's a woman who first used it in a TEDx talk, and I'm blanking on her name, and so I apologize. She has this talk, you can Google it, and it's the first time I heard her um, I called it silent signals. Mm -hmm. She called it shut up signals and it was brilliant. And you have to Google because I'm sorry. I just, I'm, her name is escaping me, but I, the first time I heard her say that, and I really related to that. I think it's exactly that. So um, you can Google it and you should, because it's a very good talk. And she only says it like once or twice in her talk and it's in passing and I thought, no, 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 that's the genius in your talk. You need to highlight that. But, but it, it speaks to the larger issue of, yes, um, I think, and I see this all the time. I see this all the time. Well, Kathy, you know, we tell people to go innovate. We tell people to go do this. We tell, we tell people, we tell people. And they're not realizing that they send these silent signals or shut up signals that, that are unintentional. And, you know, like we'll tell people to go innovate. And then we also tell them, ah, but we need 20% return guaranteed. 
or go innovate and don't rock the boat. Go innovate and yet do not fail. Don't, don't fail. So we're constantly sending these conflicting, contradictory messages, which um, really are shut up signals. And I, it is, you know, again, I, I see this every day. And I think if we don't do something about honoring the way people learn and the way people check for credibility in an organization and honesty, then we are just shooting ourselves, you know, in the foot over and over again, because we're doing the same things, expecting that it's going to be different. Yeah, I, I write in the book that innovation should be broken out in two pieces. <clears throat> Idea generation, yeah, through uh, divergent thinking, where everything's accepted, nothing's shot down, like that's a stupid idea, that's a crazy idea. No, mm -hmm. you, you can't say that during that, because now you're creating that fear. And then after we've got all the ideas, then let's go get critical yeah. and figure out which ones we can do. Yeah. And it's it's so much more, one, it's a fine process when you do it right. Yeah. That's organizations do it right. But there's something about it that just rubs leadership wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think it's giving up that control. Yeah. And yeah. bringing That's the ego in. It's risky. It's experimental. You can't contain it or control it. And that means you're going to have to let go and trust. And it is a collaborative thing and you can't guarantee it. And all the risk feels so palpable. Uh, and yet, if we don't let people go experiment and know that it's safe to fail or try, or at least what the parameters are, they're not going to go do it. It's, it's, it's how humans are wired. And I, I think leaders still lead in this very old, you know, kind of MBO, leadership by MBO. And it's like, I, I that's not how humans work. <laughs> not one bit. No, no. Mm -mm. But you, yeah. you said a very important word. You said trust. Mm. Leaders, leadership needs to trust their people. And there's this huge lack of trust in people. It's always without lack of trust. You're, you're just a number. You know, mm -hmm. you know we, we treat our people well. Yeah. On paper, on a mission statement, yes. and our core values. But the way we act on it is actually just the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. and, and, I've, and I've read some stuff that, that you've talked about, and, and even talking before we got started, you said these two words psychological safety. Yeah. How do we create an environment that really draws upon? that psychological safety within an organization or even within a team? You know, we got to model it. We just have to model it. I think it, we're way past talking. You know, it's, it's really about just modeling it and having the open conversations, letting people know what those parameters are for, for experimenting. I mean, you take it for granted that when you say go innovate, that people know what that means. It, they may not. I mean, you know, does it mean that I can go to social media and put stuff out there without permission and like 20 layers of bureaucratic, you know, signatures? What is that? What does it even mean? So I think we take for granted that it's clear. It's not. Break it down. Break it down for your team. Um, make it safe to fail. Have crazy ideas. Um, do it often. Uh, if it's have organic laughter, like if, if an organization that doesn't laugh, like run, 
run. That's a, that's a culture in crisis. Like don't walk away, like run, get out of there. That's, that's like, that's like cultural, you know, Chernobyl. It's going to blow, get out of there. Um, it's like, it's, you know, these are very, very important things and you can't fake it. So it's going to have to be organic. I think you're going to have to let people fail, experience true. It's okay. There, there has to be stories where people failed and it, nothing happened to them. And I think you really just have to model it and create that kind of net under people. You got to build that net. As, you, as you're talking about that, about failure, uh, yeah. I, I was raised by a, a father who didn't believe in making innovation, making mistakes, especially with tours. So yeah. it took me, it took me until I walked into this beautiful world of improv to realize that fail is just an action of first attempt at learning. How did you get introduced to the concept that, you know, Kathy, it's okay to fail? Uh, you know, it's interesting. I really don't think I learned how to fail until, you know, improv and comedy. And I did that right out of college. So right out of college, I went in, uh, in LA and just did stand up. I just, you know, threw myself into open mic nights and then pretty soon showcases and pretty soon I was doing comedy, you know, at, at clubs. And I, I had to get over so I threw my, I jumped into the deep end. That's basically how I And I learned really quickly that if I could not handle bad nights, I was never going to make it. I was never going to, I was never going to make it. And I realized that part of, you know, growing that muscle was to, to be okay with fail, failure, to see it as a learning thing, to not take it personally, to be able to, what did it teach me? And it's just a data point. And really to sort of, and this is hard to do, it's really hard. I didn't learn this for about four or five years, but the first four or five years really um, helped me distance myself from a personal perspective and just go, it's a data point. It just means I need to write this joke better. I, need, I just need to do this better. And then after doing stand-up and, and then sketch, um, I then, after about five years, moved into improv. And by, by then, and I loved improv, it blew my head. But just my mind was like, what, what? I don't have a script. I don't have a set list. I don't have jokes. What, 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 what? But uh, the beauty is, is by the time I did that, I sort of already had a primed pump that said, you know, failure is not a bad four-letter F word. <laughs> it's not it's really not and I think had I started in, in improv I don't know that I would have been able to um take those lessons and let it roll off my back and I think honestly coming from like open mic nights and failures at open mic nights and learning that's how I did it. So I get it. I think it's like being thrown into like the deep end by like my Marine dad. That's how I learned to swim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, we have, I mean, I, I did some time in stand up um, and I had this one humongous failure, but I wasn't at that point mentally that it could just roll off my back. It, yeah. it had a major effect on me and it took me a number of years to get past it, but yeah. What ultimately helped me get past it is I found I, I, I found my way into the world of improv, and I'm like, okay, it's okay to fail. Actually, yeah. you you want to fail so you can learn from that failure. But it was such a hard mindset of mine to change. But when it changed, it changed me two thousand percent as a person, as a leader, as whatever mm. in my view on life as it was, it probably did for you as well. 
isn't you just said exactly what I was I was feeling I think it's so true it's like it took me about four years to make the shift um and then when I finally light bulb moment of like oh my god all we're doing is playing and experimenting nobody knows what they're doing we're just figuring it out as we go and the difference between people who succeed and the people who don't is the people who succeed keep trying they keep showing up and mm -hmm. i went oh my god light bulb moment and it did it changed like you said it changed everything for me yeah yeah it, it does and it, but you know I, I it's been a while since i've done stand-up but you probably know this long time joke about you know what the difference between stand-up and heroin is no you can quit heroin True once, that. True, true that. that. Once you get that belly laugh, and I've had it, then you yeah. you, you continually chase it. I mean, I give that stuff back. Yeah. And I, still to this day, somebody asked me, you still do stand-up? I'm like, it's sort of. I do it in my presentations. I bring humor into everything that I do. And, and I, my my why is I get up every morning because I want to make people laugh and have yeah. fun. However, but there's a serious side to it. There's a learning aspect to it. Yeah. There's a, that, that motivation to it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I to your point, organizations need to learn how to laugh. Quit, quit taking yourself so seriously quit 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 taking yourself so seriously it, you know look i get it and there's so much i think hurt and you know the way that we're talking about failure you know multiply that over millions of people millions billions mm -hmm. of people out there in corporations i think we've all had that planted in our head don't fail don't make mistakes mm -hmm. and that is such a sad thing because it gets in our way it gets in our way of trying and exploring and experimenting and being more playful and showing up and you know really connecting and, and laughing and if you're in an organization that really um is not conducive to laughter sometimes the sad reality is you gotta leave yeah. and find a place where you know humanity and laughter are wonderful things but there's of course i have you, you talk about this template mentality yeah. well, can you can you expand on that the template mentality well i think we have a template mentality about how things are supposed to work <laughs> and you know i was in tech for 15 years and of course i was doing stand-up and improv on the side almost every night i mean i was i was living for the evenings and weekends but I was in tech leading teams. And I think we do have this template mentality. This is how it's supposed to work. I do this, I get this result. Uh, you know, um, my husband is a, is, a, is a techie, he's a scientist. So it's like very, things are binary, ones and zeros, things work. You put in this, this is the formula and this is the output. And that's not how humans work and that's not how life works. And if we're busy, copying what other people do or expecting this is the input and this is the output. We're, we're leading in a science way. And the reality is, is so much of what we're talking about is the bravery and the boldness and the art of learning to show up human and make mistakes and grow and learn and improve. And it really requires us to use this muscle of trusting the process and we don't like to let go as humans because we want to be in control. <laughs> and it's scary, right? Right. Yeah, I, I'm, an, I'm a control enthusiast uh, for <laughs> a lot of reasons, but I, I've learned to try to let go of that control because you know what? 
it makes life interesting. And, yeah. and quite frankly, my ego would get in the way because I thought this is the way the world should be. And, should, and everybody should feel the same way. But that's wrong. I have a, we all have opinions. We need to be able yeah. to respect those, those opinions and, and, and just kind of move forward. Mm -hmm. uh, but at least be human. Yeah. And have empathy. Yeah. Yeah. For, your, for, for, your, for, the, for the person uh, next to you, for the organization that you're with, for your team, for yourself. Yeah. Uh, as, as we begin to wrap this up, you've got a wonderful background. Like before we get started, I went, oh my God, I'm, I'm looking at myself. Who sounds a lot better, looks a lot better, but that's okay. We, we, we are aligned in that thought process. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm glad we met. But if there was one small thing, yeah. those who are listening, could do tomorrow to begin to change and let go and, and move more into an improviser's mindset. Mm -hmm. What would that be? I think it's really this lead with compassion. And that starts with yourself. And that's why I have in my office, as Peter can see, and those of you, if you hear this, you won't see it. So I'll paint the visual for you every day in my, in my office, I have a sign that says, yes, and you, because I think we are taught as improvisers to yes and other people. We're gonna show up and yes and other people, make your partner look good. These are very important concepts, there's no question. But Peter, to answer your question, I think it starts with us. When we have compassion and empathy for ourselves, we're gonna radiate that outward to other people. But we can't be expected to show up and be compassionate to other people when we don't have an ounce of compassion for ourselves. And I think to cause that shift, Give yourself permission to play, to be human, to make mistakes. And if you are doing that for yourself, you are more likely to show up that way for other people. And if you can be the person for somebody else that you wish somebody would be for you, man, I think we can spark a little bit of a, a little change. We can spark a little movement here. Um, just showing up and you don't have to be perfect. You just have to try. And you just have to, by doing that, you will automatically make it safer for other people to connect with you, to be around you, to let their guard down, to experiment around you. That's how you do it. Wow. Um, that is powerful and that is truth. Uh, Kathy, how can people find you? Yes, you can connect with me on all the socials. You can go to keepingithuman.com. That is, that is the primary where, uh, place to, to uh, uh, interact with me, primary. I would say that I'm also active on Instagram at Clothes Guests. You can find me on LinkedIn. Please link in with me. I love great conversation and I love meeting uh, folks who um, are like-minded or at least open to being like-minded. <laughs> That's what I says, told people about my book. I said, some of you won't like this, but at least have an open mind. But that's all, that's all, you know, I can take criticism only in the fact that you've read it and then these are your thoughts, not just, but yes, and, and I can't thank you very, so much uh, for, for trusting Jay that I'm an okay kind of guy <laughs> and, and to be on the show because uh, even though we've changed this format, but you just ended the show in, in such an impactful way. Thank you so very much. Hey, Peter, thank you. Thank you. I want to thank Kathy for sharing her thoughts about the challenges that organizations face and solutions on how to handle those challenges in a non-conventional way. I will conclude with this improv quote. There are people who prefer to say yes, and there are people who prefer to say no. 
Those who say yes are rewarded by the adventures they have, and those who say no are rewarded by the safety they obtain. Thank you all for listening. Stay safe. Like what you just heard? Visit c-suiteradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.